Welcome to the Strive Seek Find Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Whitworth. And just like that, we're back home. It was a short trip, but a good one. And admittedly, I could feel the bungee cord starting to stretch me back towards home even before we got on the plane. My theory of travel has always been you learn something along the way. And this week, it's paid off in spades. In last week's bonus episode, we talked about the reality of traveling in a different manner that I'm I'm used to these days with three kids. That was a learning in and of itself and enough of an adventure to last me a good long time in some ways. But today I thought I'd bring up the multitude of other things I learned in the last few days. Or perhaps I'll show my ignorance because I did things I never had done before. Either way, I'd love to share. So let's get started. I I best start out with possibly the least interesting lessons, the structural lessons that hopefully will teach me to do better in the future. Since the majority of our family trips have been car-bound and operating out of a tent or an Airbnb, there was a lot new here. Let's start with staying at a resort. My first surprise was cashless. I'm old school. I figure you go on vacation, you carry cash and pay for what you can with cash. So it was absolutely shocking to me when I went to the bar for a beer, only to be informed I could only pay via room charge or with a card. Maybe it was leftover COVID protocol. I don't know. All I know is cash, quote unquote, is king. And as far as this resort was concerned, the king was dead. My surprise was even increased when I went into the on-site store and discovered it was the same thing when I was trying to buy floaties for the youngest in the pool. Now, strictly my mindset, please tell me where I'm wrong. Charging my room seems like a good way to get people not to pay attention on how much they're spending at your resort get you spending more than you intended, as well as a way to not make you look at prices. In other words, this makes great sense, business sense for the resort. I'm less certain it makes good sense for me. The next thing with the resort is very much showing my small town. The idea of paying to park your car has always, always bothered me. And when I moved to Boise and started having to pay 3 to $5, in some cases, to park my car. It was a game changer for me. A lot of times I'd rather walk 12 blocks than to actually pay to park. This has changed as I've got older, obviously. But paying to park on site, on top of a hotel that you've already paid for, I know what happens. I knew what I was getting into, but it bugged me, especially to the tune of, $50 a day. Or maybe I'm just cheap. Or maybe I'd rather have that money to do other things with. And as I'm writing this, it hits me that the resort we stayed in in Hawaii didn't operate this way. So maybe the lesson isn't, this is how resorts operate. Maybe it's, look at the fine print a little closer. Either way, it was weird to me. But no harm, no foul. Got through it. The last thing about the hotel experience is keeping in mind, five people in close quarters means get out 
even if you don't have anything to do, go walk a lot, anywhere, anything, stay in the pool, because otherwise stress and tired kids leads to conflict. Not that this is a surprise to anyone, but without a place to retreat to, it happens rapidly. Next up, the zoo. And I'm going to generalize the zoo a little bit today because here in a few weeks there'll be the travelogue on our experience at the San Diego Zoo. With animals, if you see an animal on a documentary, it's one thing. It's cool, but it isn't up close. You don't necessarily get the depth of feeling, the experience of what it actually looks like in person. The San Diego Zoo does a hell of a job allowing you to see the scale of these animals and educating you at the same time. It's very impressive. Uh, the rhinos, for instance, just amazed me because I could have probably quoted you stats at one point on my life about the number of people killed on a yearly basis by a rhinoceros. I couldn't, but I'm going to pretend. But seeing it up close and watching the interplay of muscles under the skin was incredible. And I'm going to say, and it'll come up again later, I would go back to the zoo in an instant because I know there was a lot we missed. We learned a lot from that trip to the zoo, which is why it deserves its own episode. Between our two big events of the four days there, well, four nights, because the two travel days in between, we had what we were going to call our slow down and go to the beach day. And on our flight in, we got an earful from somebody who was flying down from Boise with us. Not in a negative way, just stating her concerns because she'd lived in San Diego a long time. And she said the beaches were just terrible now, covered with medical waste. It, it didn't sound good. And so I got concerned about where we were going and what we were taking the kids into. Because I always like to ask a local where to eat and drink, what to do. They should know a lot better than the travel guides, after all. So after exploring, we had ended up settling on the Pacific Beach. Among other reasons, we'd read someplace that there was good shopping for the girls along the road there. So it seemed like a great idea. And the beach was gorgeous. Beautiful sand, rushing waves, watching people surf. It was a good time. It was a little colder than we'd intended. It is March after all. There was a what I think of as a bohemian vibe that was enjoyable. Soft, beautiful st sand. Restaurants just a few steps away. It was a great time. I guess my lesson there was listen to the locals, but believe what you see with your own eyes. The freedom that my girls got to experience on this trip was a great thing. I got to examine them managing their money because they both took the spending money they've been saving for this. It was interesting to watch. One daughter bought almost nothing. One daughter, I'm still not sure if she came back with a single dollar. Even as we were waiting to board the plane, she wandered off and came back with individualized snacks for everyone in the family. Shows her good heart, but not necessarily the best use for her birthday cash especially since we just grabbed something to eat at the airport. It's a good lesson for me, because while I want to protect them for everything, 
they need to experience life on their own terms at the same time. And they're old enough that with scaffolding, it makes a lot of sense. So I feel pretty good sending them with that scaffolding to go explore the world together. The final learning experience I want to mention is our whale watching excursion. This one was filled with firsts for all of us, but the ones I'm going to focus on are mainly on me. And I'm going to state I really, really wish any of my pictures of what I saw turned out, but I was not quick enough on the draw for any of it. First off, dolphins in the wild. Wow. Seeing my kids to react with the joy at seeing them come up under the boat as we were driving forward into the Pacific Ocean was amazing. Now, I've been on boats and in the ocean before, but never like this. Three miles out and then all the way to 12 miles out looking for whales. It makes you reflect on a lot of things. It makes you feel a little insignificant as land falls out of sight. The unknown is there. And you can see why you should treat this, the sea with both a little bit of reverence and just a touch of caution, even with the best preparations. So a couple of geek out moments as well. We saw an aircraft carrier at sea. And wow. I don't have any idea which carrier it was. It was number eight on its tower. But there was something majestic about the experience. They weren't launching planes or doing anything else that I could see. But just seeing that immense ship, that city on the water, floating through it, was something that was really impressive to me. And then to follow it up, and for the first time in my life, to see a sub's conning tower making its way alongside of it made it even more cool. And to have my oldest identify this was the best part of the trip, even before we got off the boat, was amazing. I'll end this here. I won't talk about the food and beer experience that we had, other to say that if In-N-Out Burger is your best food experience on the trip, things didn't necessarily go as planned. Just leave it with learned a lot this week and had a great time doing it, which I'm grateful for and wouldn't trade for anything. I'll take it a step further. I'm trying to figure out how to do another trip like this so, soon so I can apply what I've learned. And for me and mine, that's going to have to be enough. Quick program note, next week's episode will be the return of the 10 questions episodes. I am excited to bring this back. Been wanting to for a while, but life hasn't allowed it. So I'm feeling really fortunate to get to relaunch it with a friend of a program and soon-to-be re Army retiree Ian McGlynn dropping by. Looking forward to sharing this with you next week. Worth mentioning, this one comes right out of today's episode. If you have a chance to go whale watching, I cannot speak more highly about our experience with San Diego Whale Watch. Friendly, knowledgeable crew trying to make sure you have a great experience while educating you on what you're seeing. It was an incredible family experience, and I would suggest it to anyone. That wraps up this week's episode of Strive, Seek, Find. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review or share the episode. It's the best way to help me draw new listeners. If you'd like to support the program, I do have a, a buy me a coffee. The link can be found in the show notes. And 
until next week, keep seeking your own brilliant path.